It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Yeah, well, I don't know, Rich. How do you feel? I'm kind of exhausted, to tell you the truth. Well, these are these are very, very confusing times that we're living I in. I mean, and, my and, word. And we're praying for a Great Awakening-style revival, and we just pray through all of this chaos that the Lord may be doing something very, very special. All right, listen, folks. We have a program for the Bot Radio Network family. For the Bot Radio Network family that I think is going to be very important. But let me start with with a song today by Doris Akers. Now, she's been home to be with the Lord for many years. But you know what? She knew exactly what we are dealing with today because that's the way life is. Here it is. Is there any peace? Is there any peace anywhere? Just anywhere. Do you know a friend? Who will take the time to give you words of joy, comfort, and cheer? There is only one that I know. He's the one to whom we can go. Is there any peace? Yes, there's perfect peace only in the Lord. The world is filled with confusion and no one seems to have the can't imagine a better song to lead us into the feature of this broadcast yeah. because the one component 
we never hear from on race relations and getting along. One race, one blood, brothers and sisters in Christ is the church. Is the church. If we think a politician is going to do it, or we think the police department is going to do it or not do it, or misbehave, or carry on, or the governor, or the mayor, without the voice and message of the church, the Bible-believing, honestly practicing church. Now, Tony Evans, I remember when he, when I first heard of him, that's many years ago, but being 87 years old and Bot Radio Network is, what are we now, 50, 58. 58 years old? I remember when I first heard of Tony Evans, well, who is he now? Man alive. Where did he come from? What's he doing? And we visited his church many times in Dallas. And I remember how impressed I was because they had a school where the children could get a good education. You're involved in Tony Evans Church. You have an opportunity. Talk about parental choice in education or school choice in education. The people there had a choice. So the little boys and girls could be filled with hope and promise and dreams and a good education. So anyway, Tony Evans has grown across America to be a voice that God is using, that God is using to bring truth. Now, you know, his wife, Lois, just died. How long ago, Rich? Just weeks ago, maybe a month or so? Yeah, I think it was right around New Year's. I remember a black minister in Memphis, Tennessee, when his wife died a couple of three years ago, and he texted me, and he said, I never knew I could hurt so much. And I thought, wow, here's a guy that loved his wife, and now she's gone. And this is what Tony Evans has gone through, and that's happened to others also. But Tony has a word for our audience that I want every listener to hear. Here he is. It would be remiss of me not to share my heart about the recent events that have affected us all. The precious loss of a life, that of George Floyd, has just ripped at my heart and at the heart of a nation. To see his life snuffed out the way it was is somewhat overwhelming and it's piercing. But it's not a singular individual situation. There's life after life after life uh, over years that have been unjustly and unrighteously taken. Endemic of a problem that really needs deep fixing. You know, we're in a medical pandemic right now. Simultaneously, we're in a cultural pandemic because we're seeing the devolution of our society. And we're in a cultural pandemic because we're in a spiritual pandemic. We have wandered away from a a value system that was established by God for how human beings were to live and act and relate to one another. 
across racial and class lines, we have come up with our own standards and it has not done us good. It is absolutely needed right now that there needs to be a reset. And this is the time to do it when it has everyone's attention at the very same time. The Bible is clear. In Psalm 89, verse 14, it says, from God's throne comes righteousness and justice. And this is not a, a seesaw where sometimes you go for righteousness and sometimes you go for justice. These are twin towers. These are twins. They're always to be balanced side by side. Righteousness is the moral standard of right and wrong to which God holds men accountable based on his divine standard. Justice is the equitable and impartial application of God's moral law in society. And God wants both. Yes, he wants to protect the life of the unborn in the womb, but he wants to see justice of the life once born to the tomb. In other words, God wants a whole life agenda, not a term agenda. But unfortunately, all lives aren't valued the same way. And they ought to be because every person is created in the image of Almighty God. It is now time on a personal level and a systemic level that we reverse the course of history that has brought us to this point and that we reverse it on all levels. God has four levels in which life is to be lived, and therefore there are four levels in which changes need to be made. I call it, and we call it, the kingdom agenda, the visible manifestation of the comprehensive rule of God over every area of life. It starts with an individual. It starts with you. Don't try to change the nation if God can't even change your heart. In other words, we have to develop a heart that cares for our fellow man because they're created in the image of God, not because they look like us or have what we have, but because they have the stamp of divine creation on them. And that means that you have the responsibility to reach out to somebody different than you. Let them understand where you came from, where you come from, uh, the things that have influenced your perspective, hear from them and give them an audience, and then both of you find out what God has to say about the matter so that he can keep everybody straight. And then there's your family. We must be transferring values to our children. Don't expect them to think differently and act differently if they aren't hearing differently from their parents, if they're not getting a, a righteous value system. Of, of judging people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. It means you connect with other families who may be different than you, and you not only get to know them, but guess what you do? As families together, you go serve another family that's worse off than you. Because guess where reconciliation happens? It doesn't happen in seminars. That's information. Reconciliation happens in service. So as an individual and as a family, with another family different than you, serve somebody worse off than you, and now you are part of the solution through good works that God calls us all to do. And then the church. The biggest problem in the culture today is the church. 
because the church has failed. We wouldn't even have a racial crisis in America if the church had not failed to deal with this sin like God calls it in his word. But because it passed it off, ignored it, and even promoted it, we still have this division in our culture. So don't expect God to fix the White House if he can't even change the church house. Churches don't just get together for joint worship services. That's that's great. That has its that has its benefits. But it also addresses the issue of inequity, whether it's racial inequity or economic inequity or healthcare inequity or opportunity inequity. It 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 recognizes the systems that are at work that work against the fair treatment of people, creating the opportunity for them to take advantage of all that God has blessed us with in this nation. But they do it in such a way where people are held accountable to be responsible for their decision-making. And then it speaks to the culture at large. It speaks not, first of all, from a political platform. It speaks, first of all, from a bibliocentric platform. Since God doesn't ride the backs of donkeys or elephants, the church must speak with one voice because we have one God, one Lord Jesus Christ, and one inerrant word to speak from. And yes, we should protest evil in a righteous way. We should let our voices be heard, but then we must act. Because if we don't act, all we did was have a speech. We must implement righteous principles, modeling it through the church so we can see what it looks like in the broader society. And then finally, we must challenge our civil leaders on all levels of government to be agents of healing and not division, to speak in such a way where unity is reinforced and not divisiveness that the words that come out of their mouth and the way they say the words that come out of their mouth must be words of strength and kindness, not vitriol and meanness. And when those four areas, the individual, the family, the church, and the community begin to operate that way based on God's standard, then he can feel comfortable to get back in the midst of us and make us repairers of the breach and healers of the land. And so this starts off with prayer. And I don't just mean say, God help us, no. I'm talking about where we repent, of where we fail to do what he says do, the way he says do it. Where we realign ourselves under his authority while pursuing a relationship with him, where his word can overrule our ideas, perspectives, and agendas. And then he will listen to your prayers because you're praying like he wants you to pray, not like you want to pray. When that kind of prayer goes up with that kind of action supporting it, ah, now, now we're ready to see what he will do in healing our land. So what should we do now? First of all, as an individual, you should, and I encourage you to righteously protest unrighteousness wherever you find it to do so with truth, to do so with love, but to do so with clarity. But then act. Be part of the solution, not just part of the complaint. Build a bridge with somebody different than you. 
And then the two of you together go help somebody worse off than the two of you. Because now you're part of the solution and not just somebody complaining about the problem. Then there's families. Uh, I'm a father. I've had to have the talk with my sons and grandsons about what happens when a policeman pulls you over and you go the extra mile because you don't know where this policeman is coming from in their perspective. Uh, but then you teach your children principles of character. You develop their character to judge people rightly by their character and not their color. But then you connect with other families different than yours in color, in class. And together, then you go minister to somebody else worse off than your family. It's a single parent family that's hurting, a family that's lost its job. You do it together because the best way to reconcile is through service, not just through having discussions and seminars. And then as churches, I'm a pastor. A lot of this falls because the church has failed. We have been bifurcated illegitimately. We have let race overrule God's rule in our lives and in our decision-making. And it is time now for the church to be what the head of the church, Jesus Christ, called it to be, the repairer of the breach in our culture. And that must mean that we not just stand up against personal sins, but corporate sins and systemic sins. And that voice must be heard. We shouldn't pick and choose. And it should be one voice where God has spoken and has not stuttered. It should not be an uncertain sound coming from the church when we have a certain sound coming from our master. And if churches would come together in communities all over the country as one church with different expressions, with unity of purpose, not uniformity of persons, where you adopt all the public schools in your community and minister to the at-risk schools or where every church adopts a homeless family so that homelessness is eradicated, which it could be overnight if every church did it. So we become the solvers of the problem so people would now be willing to listen to our sermons and songs because they see our impact. And yes, that means addressing the structures in our society that perpetuate evil Righteous protest collectively is absolutely biblical. That's why Paul protested in Acts chapter 16, the last five verses, when he was arrested unrighteously. And he complained both biblically and civilly that that was illegal. We must take our stand, but we must not only take it in speech, but in action that gets visible to our verbal. And then our civic leaders. We need to challenge them from the State House to the House of Congress to the White House to act and speak civilly, that their language must be healing words, not hurting words, unifying words, not divisive language. They must be spoken to, complimented for their strengths, but condemned for their failures. And then we must challenge them since they influence the systems of the land to make sure those systems are operating righteously and with equity for all, and not just for a privileged few. When we begin to act like that on all four levels, 
<laughs> then we'll see God do some amazing things because he can be at home in the creation that he made. Wow. Wow. That's a word for today. Did he nail it? Did he nail it? I was thinking as he was speaking, Rich, Mark, the 12th chapter, 30th and 31st verse, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's pretty declarative, isn't it? But it goes on to say, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And we're not doing that, are we? No. Our neighbor across town, the other church that's a little different than we are because they have a congregation that's a little different color or a little different custom or culture, and we're not reaching out to them. So the community can feel the strength of the gospel that we believe and we preach, and that is freedom in America that makes America different than all other nations. Right to life, right to liberty, and then the pursuit of happiness. I heard a song years ago by Charlie Rich, for goodness sake. Charlie Rich, what on earth would he say that I would enjoy hearing? But I'll tell you, when I first heard Charlie Rich singing America, it made me realize that America is one nation under God, you see, what's the rest of indivisible, it? That's right. With liberty now, and justice what does for all. Mean? You, one nation under God, indivisible. Yeah, with liberty and justice for all. For who? For all. For all. Listen to Charlie Rich sing about America. You know, in the bayous of Louisiana, cowboy pay, that's what the Cajuns say. And in New York's little Italy, que bella terra, that's how they say it, they wait. And in the beer halls of Milwaukee, you'll hear the words, And it's, That's what you'll hear them say along the border, down by the Rio Grande. You know, there's a lot of ways to say it, and it's a privilege to play it. Because a lot of good people earned it. And this is how I learned it. Oh, beautiful, for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain. Majesties above the fruit 
That's right. That's right. And that's something, Rich. That's so inspiring. And I speak to you. Listen now, here is a lady who started listening to Bot Radio Network four years ago. I'm 81 years old. I thank God that I found Bot Radio Network four years ago. I do live alone. So this station is not, not only feeds me spiritually, but keeps me company during the day and the, the nights when I can't sleep. Uh, Bot Radio is there for me. God bless you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Okay. God bless you, All dear right. lady. Well, here's Caroline. Here's Caroline. She listens while she walks. My name is Caroline. I walk in my neighborhood for an hour each morning. And when I meet people, they often ask me what I'm listening to on my device. It gives me an opportunity to tell them about Bot Radio. With all the trash on mainline media, it is refreshing to hear authentic Bible teaching. Thank you for providing we the listeners with biblical truth. <laughs> oh, I love that. I can I can just see this lady walking, which is by the way not my favorite sport. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Now here is in Nebraska a uh, a counselor. That's what he says. Yes, hello. My name is Kirk, and I am a Christian counselor up here in northeast Nebraska. And I just want to thank you guys so much for your guys' ministry, uh, how much it's touched my life uh, specifically, but more so just countless numbers of times that I've been able to pass different things I've heard on so many of the broadcasts I've heard onto my clients, just knowing uh, the Holy Spirit was leading me to pass bits of information on to them. So anyway, I just want to say thank you so much, and God bless, and keep it up. Yeah. Well, God okay, bless Rich. you, Kirk, and God bless the people that you it's minister all, to. It's all part of the family. Yeah. Well, what is the phone Hey, number? the listener comment line, we'd love to hear from you folks. Just call this number, write it down, 1-800-345-2621. That's 1-800-345-2621. And this is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, and this is the chapter, this week's chapter of The Complete Story. We'll see you later.